So tonight, though, what I wanted to talk about was the Holy Spirit, because that was what Sue was saying would be probably a good topic. I think it's a good topic as well. So Holy Spirit, who is the Holy Spirit? What's the Holy Spirit all about? Where did it come from? What's the idea of it? What's, you know, what's the big deal? So that's really, um, I guess, it in a nutshell, what tonight's about. But when I looked at it, when I started preparing it and getting everything together, there is a ginormous amount of stuff. I hadn't realised just how much stuff there is just with, about, with and about the Holy Spirit. It really... Even though I've been doing this stuff for years, it suddenly just hit me how much the Holy Spirit is an integral part of what we're all about. So I think it was a really good suggestion of a topic. So let's pray first, because I just like to, to pray and just make sure that we're in the right frame of mind for what's going to be happening tonight. So we thank you, God, that you are, you, you're just a God of all sorts of dimensions, and we know that you're here in the form of your Holy Spirit. Tonight we're going to discover a little bit more about who you are as the Holy Spirit and hopefully be able to understand your presence, even receive your presence, be able to just go that much deeper into our, um, our knowledge and our experience of you as a God who lives inside us. So thank you for being here amongst us and help us as we learn and process this information. And all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. I wanted to, first of all, just, I guess, share a little bit of information about this. This whole section of scripture, which is in John, John chapter 14 predominantly, that we'll be talking about where the Holy Spirit is introduced by Jesus as a, a, a figure or a being or a, an... Um, a person, I guess in inverted commas, not a person as we know it, you and I, but a, a being, I guess. And for me, when I first, when I first, <laughs> when I first read this, when I, when I was 18, here, here it goes, when I was 18 there was a lot of problem in my family, a lot of stuff going on and I just wasn't coping too well. I was not a Christian, didn't have a clue of anything about Christianity, but I'd been given a, a Bible by my godmother and it had just sat up there ever since I was really little, probably, you know, this, this guy's age. And I didn't, I never read it, nobody else ever read it, so it was fresh and new and it was all crisp and everything. But because of the trouble that was going on, my dad had uh, accidentally um, killed somebody, Sue's probably heard this story before, on a motorbike and the person that he killed was actually a friend of mine from school um, and he went through a whole lot of trauma and drama with regard to all of that and he really couldn't comprehend how it could have happened and it was just a car accident but, it, but so sort of he was he was uh, probably 18 I was 17 and and it was just you know one I actually I, I know I couldn't have been 17 I must have only been 16 because when the accident took place I didn't have my driver's license and I got my driver's license when I was 17 and I probably shouldn't have but I drove when dad came home after the accident he was sort of covered in blood and all his hands were all cut and all sorts of things and so I I got a little bit of intelligence out of him and said what's happened and he said there's been a car accident and so I went back to where the, the accident was I drove the truck out of the driveway and up to where the accident was and I didn't have my licence, so blah, 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 blah. It's too late now. Can't get booked for it, so if somebody hears about it, too bad. But, um, and so he would have then been 17, the, the boy. Now, 
all that aside, then from there on in, his business went down because he wasn't coping with it psychologically. And so the, the income into the family was just, everything just went skew with. And by the time, yeah, it was a tough time, but, you know, other people go through those sorts of things. Or, you know, it wasn't unique just to me, but it was, at the time, it was a struggle. And so at 18, I, I went, there's got to be a different way than this. It's, things have got to improve. They can't keep going on the, the way that they're going on. And so I grabbed this just by, by chance and grabbed the Bible off the shelf and just let it fall open. And it fell open here. This was a, this scriptures that, I, that you're going to, I'm going to be talking about. And when I was reading through them tonight, or even earlier today and then the days before in preparing for this, and Dad was really never the same from that point onwards. He really struggled and he was sort of half a person. And, and I, could, you can plot, I could plot it right from there. And for the rest of his life, actually, he just never really recovered. He could never, ever forgive himself for what he'd done. In desperation, I grabbed a Bible that was on the shelf that had been given to me when I was just a kid. After, after I'd been, I suppose, christened when I was little. So my godparents had given, given it to me, my godmother. And um, so I just let it fall open at the pages and it fell open at these pages. So these are really important to me because what they did was they transformed my life. And what happened when, I, when, I, when it opened, I went, wow, this is something I've never heard before. I've never heard this information. This is quite powerful. What happens if I just take this literally and just do what it says? And the ama most amazing thing happened because I was there. I actually knelt. I went, got all formal. Why, I don't know. But I, maybe I thought that was the way, way to go. <laughs> I got down beside my bed and I knelt beside my bed and I, and I prayed. And I asked God that if the stuff in this Bible that I was just reading was real, then, you know, you know my heart. You know what's going on in my life and my, and my family. You need to do something about it, please. You need to enter in in some way. Well, did God enter in or did God enter in? I started speaking in this really, really strange way. And it freaked me out a little bit because I'm going, what? is going on here. I'm speaking really weirdly. Yet I was thinking clearly as well. So there was almost like there was two parts to me. But one part of me is going, I've cracked. Something's gone really strange. I've, I've, it, the pressure has just gotten too much. And then the other half of me is going, no, this is really cool. This is, this is God's actually answered my prayer. Well, I didn't find out until I'd gotten probably a few pages, quite a few pages on, um, later of what had actually happened. So what had happened, and I can tell you, um, I didn't even know whether that was going to stop this really strange thing that, that seemed to, like it's overtaken my mouth. But it did stop. I don't even know how long it would have been. Maybe it was half an hour, maybe it was an hour, I don't know, I can't remember. It just felt like a long time. Um, then, then I continued reading and found that what had happened was I was speaking in what they call tongues. But it was just from God. So I knew straight away a few things. I knew that I could take stuff in here and I could apply it into my life, almost literally, and it was going to change stuff. It was going to change things. And that God was really, really powerful. God was not this wimpy God that, you know, was just a theory or, or someone's, you know, something that you, you lean on only when you have to. God, God was more involved in our lives and God actually cared about me as an individual. That was the other thing that really blew me away because I'm thinking, I'm infinitesimal in this, in this whole universe. Just little old me 
praying to God and God somehow hears me and, and does this thing to me that I had known nothing about. I knew nothing about speaking in tongues. I'd never heard of it, never knew it existed, never knew anything about it. And then this thing happens. So it was a guarantee to me that, okay, I'm heading in the right direction. God is taking care of this and God can, can, is in control. All I've got to do now is just follow the path, whatever path that is. And so that's what I'm talking to you about tonight. And I just found that so exciting. I just was like, wow, this is really cool, this stuff. I took myself along to a church. I won't mention it because this might go on, on air, what the church was, who the church was. But they weren't, they thought I was, when I started talking, I really quickly learnt that you don't talk about that sort of stuff to some people because they think you're a bit of a nutter. And so, so I kept quiet about a lot of that for a long time, but now I don't have to, I'm not worried about it any longer. I just tell people, tell it like it is. And then if they either like it or they don't, and they can take it and, or just drop it, and, you know. But it was real for me. And ever since then, when I know anybody else who wants to take this literally, this stuff that I'm going to be talking about tonight, then the same thing happens for them. It's like, go figure. <laughs> it's really it's really quite amazing, isn't it, Sue? You've yeah. had it happen to you. You know what it's like. Yeah. And it's like it's like it's like it it's like it takes over takes you over, but it doesn't overtake you. It it it, it empowers you without taking away who you are. It just makes you more powerful to be you. So it's just it's just amazing. Basically, the um, the God of you know, the, the word that we use for Holy Spirit in the New Testament is people call uh, the Holy Spirit him. But technically, if you're going to be really right about this, the Holy Spirit is not a him. In fact, in the Hebrew, it's feminine word, so it should be her. Either in Hebrew, Aramaic, Aramaic is what um, Jesus spoke, or Syriac, it's, they're all, all of those languages, it's all a feminine word. Or if you um, translate it into the Greek, from which we get a lot of our New Testament, then it would be neuter. So it's an it. So, look, I'm going to call... I'll probably go from one to the other. I don't know whether I'm going to say... But you've got to remember that it's not about whether... If, it's, if, if we call the Holy Spirit him, it's not because he's got genitals that make him a him. Do you know? It's a, the Holy Spirit is a spirit. So it's not about sexuality or, or gender, really, but... I'm just letting you know that when I, if I say him, it's only just for ease of our English language. Or if I say her, it's just for ease of the English language. The, the idea of what we're reading now is coming from John, and it's chapter 14 and it's verses 15 to 21. And I'm going to read it, if you don't mind, because I, I, just so that you get an idea of what it was that I read that really just blew me away. Jesus starts here and he says, If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I'll ask the Father and he'll give you another counsellor. In other words, someone in addition. Because he was counselling the people that he was with. And he's saying that I'm going to give you a counsellor. Someone's going to look after you to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. And the world cannot see him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. So can you sort of hear the promise here that's coming? So the world can't accept it. doesn't seem logical. But you know him because he'll be with you and in you. And I went, when I'm reading this, you can imagine, I'm going, wow, this is pretty cool. 
I'll not leave you orphans. This is the scripture that Sue was talking about last week. I'll never leave you orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. So he's predicting his death. This is Jesus speaking, remember. But you will see me. Okay, pretty cool. We're going to see Jesus. And how's that all going to happen? Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you'll realise that I am in the Father and you are in me and I'm in you. So this is all this joint thing. We're all in together in this, in this big happy family. And whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love him and show myself to him. So in other words, if you're wanting this, this is, this is the, the simplicity of it really. If you're wanting closeness to God, Jesus here is promising you closeness to God through the Spirit. So he's saying, I'm providing for you. I'm not just going and disappearing into the wild blue yonder and I'm a really great teacher. It's not about that. If, yes, he's a good teacher, but it's more to that than, than just being a good teacher. And then Judas, not the Iscariot one, said, but Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus replied, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. So he's reiterating, really. He's saying, the world might not know about this, but it's possible for anybody in the world to be able to get the Spirit of God simply by wanting and loving God, and God then will provide the Holy Spirit. So he who does not love me will not obey my teaching. That's pretty straightforward. And these words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I've spoken while still with you, but the counsellor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything. And everything that I've said to you. I know, it's amazing. So, so the Holy Spirit is in us to teach us and to remind us of stuff and to become alert of things that we don't consciously become aware of or things that we think through that might seem logical, it goes beyond, the Holy Spirit goes beyond that. You heard me say, I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. If you loved me, you'd be glad that I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I've told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you'll believe. I'll not speak to you much longer, for the Prince of this world is coming. He has no hold on me, but the world must learn that I love uh, sorry, but that, that I love the Father and that I do exactly what the Father has commanded me. So come now, let's leave. So he was talking to the disciples, but he was talking about all of the stuff that we're all about now. So it's a promise not just to the disciples, it's a promise to us. And then it goes on further into um, a little bit further, and I want to read that to you too, because I think it says it much better in one way than what I can say it. And once you've got this foundation, then you'll be able to then read over it. I've also got some notes if you want to take them, if you're not taking everything in. Sometimes I know for me, when I'm sitting listening to something, I'm thinking, oh, I want to remember that, and then I can't remember it. So I've got some notes, and you can go over some of the scriptures and stuff if you want to at, further, at a later time. So this is jumping now to, to chapter 16. Unless I go away, the counsellor will not come to you. But if I go, I'll send him to you. When he comes, he'll convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. Okay, so now, now what that's about is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, 
It's not, not this meanie that comes and judges and says, you're a bad person. It's the Holy Spirit there is saying, comes to us to convict us of our guilt, to say, okay, now don't go in that direction. That's the wrong thing to do. You don't steal that car or you don't pinch that money or you don't, do you know what I mean? That's sort of like your conscience. And the Holy Spirit convicts you there of that guilt and so therefore directs you, by convicting you of the guilt, directs you to God. So that, so that in essence, instead of going in the wrong way, you go in the right way. I don't know that we're going to get through this. This might be all too much to, to take in tonight all in one go because I think for me it would definitely be too much to take in. It took me a few days to get to the other bit in Acts. So what, well, the way the Bible is structured in the New Testament, it goes Matthew, Mark, Luke and John and then, there's, then the next one is Acts. So we're in John at the moment and we've got a few more chapters of John and then it goes straight into Acts, which is where that where I got the realization of what had happened to me when I when I spoke in that really in the in the tongues in the strange way. So you got to remember, I, I didn't have a clue what was going on. It's an enabling of our spirit. It's like God's spirit going bam. Here's some power into your spirit, and you then are connected. It's like you've got the plug in the plug. You're plugged into the power source. As soon as you, as soon as the Holy Spirit is there, it sort of tells you. When Cornelius, who was a, what they call a Gentile, uh, a guy who loved God, in the, he's mentioned in Acts chapter 10, but when he was um, just seeking God, the Holy Spirit, without him realising, had directed uh, um, another person to come, Peter, to come and, and talk to him about the Spirit and about God and about Christianity. And when Peter arrived... Bamo, Peter starts talking and people there start speaking in tongues. And, um, and Peter, the, the Apostle Peter goes, well, well, I can't really say no to this. You know, these people, uh, the God has touched them. I've done nothing. This actually was prophesied, okay? The word comforter, by the way, so that you know, is broader than just being a comforter. It means that he's a, a, a counsellor. So if you're going through troubles and you're going through situations in your life like I was at that time, he was my counsellor. He, he was there to help me through and he also comforted me and re made me realise, so he's a comforter and counsellor, made me realise, hey... The trouble is not just yours. You don't have to carry it yourself. And there was a peace that came on me because of that, because I realised, okay, God's in control of this. Thank you, God, that, that because I can't, I can't figure this out for myself. I'm, I can't run this family, but something's got to happen. So he's also an exhorter. In other words, he lifts us up. He doesn't, doesn't try and put us down. So he, he makes us feel better. So if, it's, if, it's make, if anything's making you feel worse, then that's not from God. The Holy Spirit is there to make you feel good about yourself and to lift you up and to, and to bring you to the best possible person you could possibly be. He's our advocate. In other words, he stands for us. So if you advocate for somebody, you're standing in for somebody. You're saying, um, I've seen Sue do this on many occasions, actually, especially with the boys, when, when you had Craig and um, Gary here 
and you would have to stand up for them, you would advocate for them with the agencies that were looking after them, and she'd stand there, and she was their advocate because they couldn't stand and look after themselves. You'd know this too, Neil of Sue. Sue does that for people, and there are others that do that for people too. They'll stand in there. Well, the Spirit of God says that, God, that the Spirit is our advocate. So where Sue might not have somebody standing in there for her, but the Spirit stands in there for her, where she, where she can't stand. So, so that's what this counsellor word means. It's parakletos. That's the Greek word. So he's also our patron. In other words, he, he honours us. He, he supervises us. Um, he's our helper or literally the one called to come alongside us. So it's all of those things. So it was prophesied, okay? It was prophesied in Joel. You probably might have heard this. And the prophecy in Joel chapter 2 and verse 28 and 29 says, And afterwards I'll pour out my spirit on all people, not just some people, but it's available for all people. So it's not about, and it's like what we were talking about last week, so it's not about just us Christians in um, Australia that we know about Christianity and we've heard about Jesus. It's not just for us. It's about for everybody, okay? This is everybody. The Spirit of God is for everybody, no matter what, what race, no matter what um, religion you've been brought up, no matter what. So on all people... Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. In other words, just everybody will do all of this stuff. Even in my servants, both men and women, I'll pour out my spirit in those days. So young people, old people, whoever you are, you'll get dreams, you'll get, spirit, you'll get um, uh, spoken to if, if you so desire. You'll get visions, you'll get all sorts of things. That's if you desire it. God's not going to scare us. So God's not going to suddenly appear in front of us in spirit form and we go, oh, you know, um, I've, got, I've got to run away because it's all so scary. Although some of the appearances of some of the um, angels in the Bible have been a little bit like that. And most yeah, of the angels, okay, and most of the angels when they appear, they all say, fear not. So we've got this thing here that the spirit is going to be poured out on anyone who so chooses. So that's, that's all you've got to do. You've just got to want it and you'll get it. Um, and then, so that was the prophecy. And then it was fulfilled. And this is the stuff that you were just talking about, Sue. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house that they were sitting in. Then they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Visual. I guess, a representation of it. Um, and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So it's just, again, that's, that's when it appeared. That's what you were talking about. Now, they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven, as I said before. And they, when they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one of them heard them speaking in his own language. Go figure. <laughs> Utterly amazed, they asked... Are not these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Figia and Pamphylia, Egypt and other parts of Libya, near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, so they're naming them all, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? You see, so they're, they're really confused with the whole thing. Well, in fact, just after that, if you, if you continue reading, you find out that 
they ex that Peter stands up and he starts to explain, hey, this is what was prophesied, and he prophesies the, the Joel thing, talks about that, and then he says, you know, everyone can have this. It's been prophesied. So if you want it, come and get it. And then 3,000, can you believe it? 3,000 people got baptised that day. They <laughs> get like ginormous crowd go, whoa, yeah, thanks, I'll have that one. Yeah, yeah, please, I'll put my hand up for it. So it's like it was just this amazing event and that's still going on today. It's not stopped, it's possible, anyone, it's just available to anyone who chooses to have it. So this is the power of the gospel. You can have the, you can have the, the ideas of it and you can have it as a good book and, you know, right and wrong and all that sort of stuff. But I tell you, for me, I don't want it just to be that. Oh, that, that, that's boring. I don't want a, a set of rules to live by. I might as well just be a, I don't know, just, just I might as well be a, a Muslim as much as I respect Muslim people and, and I've got some friends who are Muslim. It's a rules and regulations thing. You stick by the rules. You know, you've got, you do the right thing. The Jews, they're the same. They've got the, their set of rules, the Ten Commandments. They, have, they stick by those rules. I don't want that. I want more. You know, I, I, I think that's, that's so limiting. Why would you want to just have rules? Like the, the whole world's full of rules. We've got rules. And we, we don't need any more rules. We, you've got it, we've got enough. You know, we've got to do our taxes. We've got to do, you know, like all the stuff that you've got to do. So this is the power of the gospel. And this is what the early church actually went out and, and told people about. It wasn't about just, you know, here it is, you know, new set of rules, live by these ones. Wimpy, you know, who'd want to join in on that? Nobody, no one. So it was about how, did, how can the spirit help you in, in any one of your situations, make you feel a whole lot better. Okay, so here's some of the stuff. And I don't want to go through all of them in so much detail, but some of the stuff are, are great. So the purpose of the Holy Spirit. First, that, that Holy Spirit's that comforter, as we've already said. And that comes up in John 14, 15 to 21. So if you really love me and keep my commandments, etc., um, I'll send you the, the Holy Spirit, the counsellor, the helper, the intercessor, the advocate, the strengthener and the standby. He becomes our teacher. Another one of the things that, that we get when we get in tune, um, he'll teach us stuff. So you'll go, okay. And by teacher, you sort of wonder, how, how do I go about... Um, I, I don't mean sort of in a logistic way. So you're not going to be taught how to become an architect or you're not going to be taught how to be, you know what I mean, a, a plumber or you're not going to, that's not sort of teaching that the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit teaches us about people and about relationships and about how we can make our life better. So when you come to the Holy Spirit and you've got problems and you want answers about, well, what do I do here? I've got my, you know, my relationship is just really screwed what do I do? Then we need to be able to communicate with the Holy Spirit verbally and hear from God. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Okay, so my sheep hear my voice. So we need the, the Spirit of God enables us to be able to hear the voice of God. And then as we hear the voice of God in our heart, not through here, it's not this big booming thing that you might see on the, those great big shows on TV sometimes then you know what you're meant to do. You get taught what to do. And as a consequence, we grow. We're not stagnant. We're not stuck in a rut. We're not stuck in a place that we don't want to be forever. I mean, 
few of you here know my story with um, why I was here and why I was staying with Sue. Um, and I don't want to go into great detail. We'll probably have time another time to talk about that when it relates to something more. But the only way that I can cope and, I and that I can still cope with that is that I've got the Holy Spirit in my life. But the strength of the story is that it still exists. This situation that exists is a very painful situation for me. The problem hasn't gone away. And for me to have, to have moved through the situation and to now be working the way that I am, the only way I can do that without, because I ended up in, in a St John of God, which was a psych hospital, and I was there for a few weeks trying to recover, but they couldn't do anything. You see, they couldn't do anything. The only thing that really helped through that time, Sue helped. Sue, Sue was amazing. And though, again, those of you that know Sue will know how amazing she is. But she helped more than the psych hospital did because Sue was able to minister to me and remind me of the things that I'd been teaching her previously and, and the stuff that we, we had discussed together. But she was, she was God's, a godsend to me. So what I'm saying is, I guess, that it's the Holy Spirit through people, but the Holy Spirit also in us that gives us the strength to be able to sustain ourselves through and to be able to get out of our, our, our problem. The problem might never go away. I, that's, that's just what life's about. Problems will never go away, necessarily. Some will, but some we might have to live with for the rest of our life. But it's not about then the problem. It's about how do you exist and how do you get through and what strength have you got inside you. And I, I don't have enough strength in my own being. I've got to be honest, I don't. I'm not a strong person. Maybe some people can just... I've seen some people that can just cut off. I can't cut off. I can't stop. Some people have said to me, you've just got to stop loving her. I, I can't. I'm sorry, I can't stop loving my daughter. I can't do that. And I never will. And so therefore, I need the strength to be able to continue. I hope that speaks to some of you because that's, that's the teacher, but that's also, um, also part of the other stuff that uh, the Holy Spirit does. So the Holy Spirit then gives us a peace inside as well. And I guess what I'm trying to say here is that the, the, the areas where, some areas we're strong, and that's cool, and other areas we're not. We're, not we're, we're just weak, and we know that ourselves. We don't have to sort of air it to everybody, but we just know those, those areas when they come up sometimes, you know, that we're, we've got a weakness. I know for me, if I go to a, to a funeral, it affects me really badly because I, I, you sort of remember, I remember, some of, the, some of the other people that I've lost. So, you know, it's just one of those things, and I have a weakness there. And so I need the strength then of the Holy Spirit. The deal is that we all know when those times either come up or when they're around us, what, when we're weak and we need the strength. And that's what I suppose I'm saying. We've got this available to us. We have the, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, available to us for whenever and all the time. And to me, that's pretty awesome. And not only that, because it gives us more than that, not just at times when things are tough that we go there. Sure, we do that. 
because if I didn't have that, then there'd be nowhere to go. In Luke chapter 10, 21, it says, At that time, Jesus, full of the joy of the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. In other words, full of joy. And there's others there, scriptures about, um, you became imitators of, of us and the Lord in spite of severe suffering. You welcomed the message with joy given by the Holy Spirit. So... Whatever the situation, we get, we can have joy in our life. He's a guide, he's a peacemaker, he's an empowerer, and we can pray in tongues. Tongues is especially dealt with in Corinthians. In Corinthians, it talks a lot about the t uh, tongues and the gifts of the Spirit. That we can use do for another day, if you like. We can talk about what are the gifts, the things that actually the Spirit gives us gift-wise. And when I say gifts, you know, sometimes you talk about people having gifts of, like, art or something or gift with numbers or a gift with all sorts of different things, you know. You're, you've got a gift of, of doing things with your hands. The Spirit gives us even more. It's like access to God inspires our prayer, anoints us for service, assures us that, you know, things, um, that, that we're thinking right and that things are, are going in the right direction for us, interprets scripture for us, um, authored scripture, baptises us in the spirit, which is what we we're talking about, liberates us, <laughs> liberates us from, from being downtrodden. Um, believe, believers are born from that. It moulds our character. That's awesome because it, the, the Holy Spirit moulds our character. is just amazing. That's a whole thing in itself. All of these are just preachers in themselves. Produces fruit, which is the fruit of the Spirit, which is a different thing again to the gifts. So through the gifts of the Spirit, you get the fruit of the Spirit. So fruit meaning all the good stuff. It tastes yummy. Cleanses, convicts sin. <laughs> Raises people from the dead. Uh, it's part of our creativity as well, can re-energise re re our creativity. Regenerates, sanctifies, fills, seals, gives gifts, glorifies Christ, testifies to Jesus, it gives us victory over the flesh. In other words, gives us self-control, gives us ability to control ourselves in situations where otherwise we might feel it's out of our control. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's the whole idea there. So you get victory in that in that regard. Indwells believers and sheds abroad the love of God in our hearts. Okay, so there's a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. But what I want to leave you with, and I'm we're going to end it there, and you, then you can ask questions if you like, is that this Holy Spirit is real, and it's available. It he she remember how I said in the beginning, we, whatever you want, it's. There's, there's no real gender for the spirit. So it's real, anyone can have it. So if you want it, happy to pray with you.